Allentown, Bethlehem, Easton, and sometimes Emmaus. Welcome to the Lehigh Valley with Love podcast. Okay, welcome to episode 91 91 of the Lehigh Valley with Love podcast. How is it even possible? I just talked about that for five minutes. I know, I know. I'm your co-host, George Wacker, with our other co-host, Tyler Rothrock. (laughs) Tyler Rothrock. Are you alright, dude? Are you okay? You think I was taking uh, medical marijuana this morning, um, (laughs) but I'm not. But, you know, we're going to jump right into it, because I think that this is a good interesting and a little bit more serious topic than we've had on um normally so yeah, we, we I have mean, like we it's have something i'm very i feel like this episode is gonna and not to take anything away from past guests i think this is going to be the most educational for me i believe it is and i don't even say that tongue-in-cheek and we don't usually have like professionals like who are at the who know so much about a certain industry so uh-huh. We'll just we'll start right in. Uh, we want to welcome Victor Guadino. Did I get it? Guadagnino. Who's Guadagnino? I knew it. I should have bet him money. You should. I've been looking <laughs> at his name. It's really difficult to say. Victor Guadagnino. Yeah. Uh, one of the co-founders and co-owners of Keystone Cannabis Remedies, which is the first um, cannabis dispensary open in the state of Pennsylvania. I mean, legally, of course. Yeah, there's, uh, so, there's, <laughs> that's the uh, the qualification. Yes, is so, it it's me- medical marijuana? Is yes, that what so it is? we we were the first medical marijuana dispensary open in Pennsylvania, right here in Bethlehem, right okay. on Stuffco Boulevard. It's right next to the Peeps um, factory, which I found kind of a little funny. Yeah, no, there's no, no there's no irony there. It's a little funny. How did we score the first? Like, was there a battle? So. How it happens is in 2016 there was uh, Act 16, okay, which which made medical marijuana legal, mm-hmm. and when that happens, Re- federally, in the, uh, no, in the state, in the state. Okay. So that's the big difference. With any medical marijuana program, it's all based in the state because it actually is still federally illegal. Okay, so every state has to have its own program. Pennsylvania started doing that in 2015, 2016, 2016. Act 16 was passed, which past language making it legal in the state of pennsylvania and then regulations come out okay right so that's how it really works in any state for legal for who for a certain patient base with qualifying conditions okay and that's part of the program is a list of conditions uh and then sometimes there are stipulations on different types of products and different types of strength so when we're 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 actually from new york uh the family owned and operated so it's myself uh my aunt, Joan, mm-hmm. who's our chief operating officer. My father is our chief medical officer, who's a physician and cardiologist from Brooklyn, New York. Okay. I, could, our, I could hear the Brooklyn in you. <laughs> yes. And I have the least accent in my family. <laughs> uh, and then our other partner is Pat Gregory, who is actually from Chicago, but her husband went to Lehigh and grew up here nice. in Bethlehem. So that's our connection to here. Was that kind of why you're like, hey, Bethlehem's a good spot. All right. So we Thanks, were, Lehigh. You were probably like, the Lehigh Valley needs this. <laughs> Everybody's freaking out. So we, we scouted Pennsylvania. And the reason why I brought that up is because we looked at Pennsylvania's program as a very healthy program. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I say that is because it had a large number of conditions. It had a wide open category for cannabis. The two main stipulations or 
restrictions is no edibles, so no brownies, no cookies. Mm-hmm. They're called medibles and, and out west. And all that. <laughs> Hell and, yeah! And, and, so that's but those are baked goods that have. Right. Do, do you uh, think that's just because um, they're more easily confused with the regular product? Uh, regulated. Yeah, so I think that's the main reason is they didn't want to make it friendly towards children. Sure. Uh, right. So at least to start. We'll, we'll right. 10 years. And then, yeah, I'm and kidding. it's because it, it was in a true effort to keep it a very medically right. oriented program, and Pennsylvania did a great job at that. I think that you kind of have to They should to just do make that. them the You edibles. can't just open the door. 100%. If they made the medibles shaped as books, the children would, <laughs> I for one as a child, would not have messed with them at all. Tyler's like I never ate any of those. So, so they kind of did that, right? So they kind of did that. It, they made the edibles tinctures, like a dropper bottle and capsules, which are going to have the same exact effect. Yeah, but they're not as like they're right. not as it's terrible. not as fun. Yeah, but you can still you can still like orally dose with. Right. A capsule or tincture. That's funny. And but it doesn't. But they they take the enjoyment. I mean, you're still getting well, the effect, no, it, but they take the enjoyment out. Of I it. disagree because I this is unrelated. I've had friends that <laughs> went to Colorado and mm-hmm. brought some sure. gummy bears back, and that's not legal though, right? Technically, I mean, we're not I, gonna I like. So, so no, he, illegal going through state lines illegal. Yeah. And well, that, no, he yeah. he didn't bring them back. He yeah. he told me the story about the gummy there. Oh, okay. He was like, we we're he, they were on a snowboard trip. He's like. You could either eat the head or one limb, and it, you, but you could not eat the head plus a limb because there was like there's so the, the concentration was hard to regulate. In but these. that's that's a big point, and that's that's a big difference. Is yeah, we, right. you got to know what you're taking, sure. right, right? Yeah. So identifying a dose, giving an equivalent dose, that's a big part of what we're doing is trying to find your dose, mm-hmm. especially in a medical fashion. Yeah. Right? Or especially even if you want to talk about adult use or recreationally, you really should be know, knowing what you're taking into your system. Okay. Right? So that's responsible use. And that's something that we do work on uh, every day. That's the difference between right. working with you and going to right. uh my buddy down like that, <laughs> yes, like yes, your guy, you well, know. It's also the difference between like a, a brownie or a chocolate bar and a tincture. The, the tinctures are graded, right? It has a milliliter on it. It's broken down by 0.25 ml, so you have a quarter dropper. And we're you usually and often educating patients to really escalate from the dropper. So you're knowing what you're taking. You're doing an escalation dose and a holding point. So you're trying to find that sweet spot between functionality and alleviation of symptoms. Okay. Right, so that's you're, the main difference. You're talking like a scientist at me, right? Well, here's now. I mean, so but, but here's the fun, but, you, but you have you you had to go to school. Yeah, yeah. Well, no. So th- these <laughs> these are things that we have developed with pharmacists, with physicians, and from our own background. Right. Right. So our background between the core team is varied and very well suited for the program here in Pennsylvania. Okay. Right. So just to take a step back is. When we look at the regulations, they submit, they make available an application. The application is what we filled out. We we knew that we would have a hard time because we were a small business compared to a lot of multi-state operators mm-hmm. who are becoming large entities in this space. So mm-hmm. on the other aspect, besides it being a, a, a medical cannabis, it's still a startup company in a startup industry. Yeah. Right. So we were very surprised and very shocked that we were first in the state. But we put our heads down and we looked at it as like a permit acquisition. Do you think business. any was there any reason why maybe we um I think it's because we were very closely involved as owners. So the, it, Pat and Joan were uh, 
Like you're not a fly by night operation, like you just said. You have a meta. Yeah, you, you weren't know, like. You I'm physician. sure there were like a couple people in a garage. Like it's we like should, me. Yeah, we me should and do Tyler this, are like, you know? hey, let's set up a right. dispensary. Yeah. So I think we are very good at educating. It by no means is it is proprietary to us that type of fashion. What they call it is a layered microdose approach. So it's simply starting low and going slow, but you know what increments you're. Uh, stepping up with sure. mm-hmm. so then you're self-evaluating and that's something that we did learn and we've been kind of cultivating no pun intended in the last year is through our patient base as it's grown from i think we had 30 patients day one and now we have over six thousand patients really here in the lehigh valley yeah we've been able to work with patients and get their feedback gauge their feedback and do some data collection on that and so we can really narrow down uh, what's working and what's not for people. Uh-huh. So it's the feedback and it's actually educating the patient or educating the person on what feedback is good feedback or right. how can you be introspective to give that feedback to the pharmacist, give that feedback to the counter or your product specialist so that we can make better recommendations for you. So you're not a, you're not the pharmacist no, I'm or a, the doctor. Your, your role is simply, I'm the, I'm a, I'm the chief business development officer uh-huh. as my my higher role, but really a manager. And I started. I was a product specialist with them when we started, right? So I've been on the counter. I've been interacting with patients. I've worked with national experts. I've worked with our pharmacists. Uh, I also have a master's in uh, medical bioethics and environmental ethics, which uh, focuses wow. on patient education, right? So that's yeah. Really, like you know what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the thing, is we really what happened is because it's a startup. We looked at our strengths and built a brand identity around what our strengths were. And luckily, and I do feel this way, is that the way we approach cannabis is it's a beautiful thing for the plant, right? Because every plant has a different terpene profile. It has a different cannabinoid ratio. And every single person can resonate differently with that through their endocannabinoid system. Right, so there's actual science. Uh, yeah. I'm picking up what he's putting right. down. Like so, it affects you differently. I know that word means something. It important. affects you differently, so you need to do like, okay, we'll try a little bit of this, see what happens. Try, right, and right. you don't go right. too far, and then you can see better. Right. right, and everybody's a little different, so you have to. What we look to is like harness this exploratory dose, right? Harness this phase and empower the patient into their own healthcare, right? Right, because it is, especially with cannabis therapy, it's very important to give us that feedback over time, because right. it is, it's almost a shift goal right but so there's 21 conditions here in pennsylvania the top four are chronic pain cancer ptsd neuropathy and anxiety was just added in august Hello. okay oh boy so now with anxiety <laughs> added it really opened up the patient base i'm sure right <laughs> I mean, <laughs> everyone yeah. everybody thought it but even how fast we saw this patient base come online it's really been exploding here and on a national level nobody really talks about pennsylvania's cannabis industry but it's excellent in terms mm-hmm. of okay. right now, I will say there is. A, well, it's still very infant, you know. It's still in it's the beginning. Very new, yeah. right? And there is growing pains. No pun intended. Uh, actually, pun. Totally <laughs> <laughs> and there is a bit of a supply shortage right now in the state. And yeah. Partly that is because we are getting such an. Influx Tyler's of patients. buying it all from his guy up the <laughs> yeah, street. Yeah. But we got this huge <laughs> influx of patients from uh, anxiety, and then growers. There's not enough grower supply yet. Uh, to actually supply the demand for patients because it doesn't grow here naturally is that it, everybody so that, I think that's a it's important to take a step back just like kind of go over the program and do it and yeah. what it is so when that act 16 was passed the regulations come out they have a merit-based process for an application to uh, apply for either a grower processor license or a dispensary license and to put that simply it's wholesale pharmacy retail right right so wholesale processing is growing the plant 
growing is obviously the cultivation of it, and then processing is potentially an extract, making oil. Yeah, because you we, you don't go into your dispensary, any dispensary in Pennsylvania, and buy smokable anything. No, right, right, right. That's so. There are multiple different forms. Everything needs to be vaporized. So even the plant itself, the flower or the bud that you're typically used to, the green stuff, mm-hmm. right? You actually have to vaporize it under the law in Pennsylvania. So that's just an important point. It is and what do you the, think that is? I mean, again, maybe there's no answer. But so it's a medical program, and there's a huge push from the Department of Health and and now third party organizations for a long time about anti smoking. Right, any smoking, anything, combustible product, lighting but something on vaping, fire, smoking. No, so there's a big difference between okay. vaping and combustible smoke. Vaporization, the the devices are like a handheld oven, mm-hmm. right? And you're gonna grind up your plant matter, pack the oven, and then hot air is gonna be drawn through that chamber, vaporizing off those crystals where the medicine is, and you're breathing in those crystals. So you're never actually lighting in a fire. You remember like when we were in school, like basic science, it's physical change and chemical change. No. Okay. Basic, yes. I, didn't, <laughs> I didn't reach basic anything. Right. So, so like just put it simply, right? So if you cut a piece of paper, it's a physical change. You're not right. actually changing the properties right. of that paper. Right. So that's what's happening in a vapors. And then a chemical change is lighting that paper on fire is it's changing. Changing into its ash, property. Right. 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 So yeah. now it's changing completely. It's not paper anymore. Right. Right. So when you light something on fire, you're initiating a chemical change with the potential byproducts of carcinogens. That's why smoking's bad. Sure. Right. Vaporization is a healthier alter- alternative to combust in inhaling combustible products. Right. Yeah, it makes so sense. So your phase shift, not to get too sciencey, right? Yeah. But to your phase. <laughs> Tyler's shift very on, concerned. Right on now. the vaporization end, that physical shift is a phase shift from the semi-solid state to a gaseous state that you're inhaling. So it's purely cannabinoid that is being vaporized and terpenes, which are essential oils, and we'll go into that a little bit later. Uh, but that's what you're inhaling. So it's a lot healthier than okay. smoking. But vape... And that's why they're... they're and all the vape crisis, I mean, yeah. I, I don't want you to weigh... That's a big difference. Okay. That's a big weigh difference. In. What we're talking about is whole plant vaporization. Okay. Right? And the vape cartridge you're referring to is for extracted products, which is the oil. Do you also sell those? Yes, we do. But you have the option of... Eating. But right. right. But this is the... The vape crisis, those are from illegal black market cartridges. And best guess right now is that it's from a filler agent and not actual cannabis oil, right? So there are no known cases in a regulated industry from someone buying a cartridge from a dispensary and having ill effects. Yeah, so to make it very clear, what is happening is there is now a black market for these vape cartridges. Whatever, makes sense. I mean, until it's fully whatever. So... You're buying, so people see, okay, they're buying these vape cartridges. Let's make them look like the real ones. You buy them, they put in some junk with them. Mm-hmm. You're inhaling them. That's why they're going to the right. hospital. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So it's like, if to put it, it's moonshining. Right. right? They're so not walking yeah, yeah. into your and store. We really do look at this actually as an opportunity for <laughs> regulation. Right. I mean, we want lab testing. We want to know what's in the medication. We want to know how many milligrams. What is the potency? Right. So those are all important parts. I we, You asked me before, uh, like, what is the difference between street bought or recreational and medical? And the simple answer is we know what's in front of us. Yeah. Right. We know that it's lab tested. It's screened for mold. It's screened for fungus. It's screened for pesticides. Right. So it's a regulated, safe product to consume, but it's still a powerful product. Right. Yeah. Right. So the main difference is it's safe. It's lab tested. And we know right? yeah. what it's, what's in there. The other difference is how are you using it? Yeah. So when you use it for recreational purposes, you're titrating or you're using it to a desired effect. The desired effect is usually, we call it euphoria. Right? Mm-hmm. It's the high. So when you're 
when you're using it medically, there's a big misnomer or a big misconception that you need to get high to have medicinal benefit, <laughs> right? Which you don't. And what we were talking about before is microdosing with THC dominant products. And when I say that, THC dominant products are what you guys are, what everybody's used to, the public is used to, is in terms of the THC is the molecule molecule that would is responsible for the high effect right right so what you've seen recently uh become popular is cbd cbd yeah right? oh, it's everywhere yeah it's in the 7-eleven yeah <laughs> and now the cbd that you see out there is from hemp derived plants and there is no thc and i think the the legal limit is 0.03 percent thc and they're sourcing it from a cousin of what of the medical marijuana so are those marijuana like plant. are those like placebo they're not placebo it's cbd is not psychoactive so there are medicinal benefits to cbd but uh, and there are like it's a great uh it's great for nerve pain it's great for anti-anxiety it's good for uh some people can use it for sleep uh but i think and not i think that what we see in the dispensary is that some people have really great success with THC-only products. S- s- some people have good success with CBD-only products. But most people are having medicinal benefit with a ratioed product between two of them. So good parts of CBD and THC. Gotcha. Right? So a lot of it will refer to that as a one-to-one. So it's 50% CBD, 50% THC, or as best that you can get the product. And usually what we see is maybe 35 to 40% CBD, 35 to 40% THC, and then the rest is like uh, leftover oil or terpene. We're pausing for a quick break for a word from Lehigh Valley Weather Authority. Hey everyone, Tony here from LBWA with your Lehigh Valley with Love five-day forecast for the week of November 3rd, 2019. Your Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday looks absolutely gorgeous. Highs in the mid-50s under sunny skies. However, as we head into Thursday night, an Arctic air mass is going to be dropping to the south bringing with it some of the coldest air of the season. A low temperature Thursday night, expected down to 30 degrees. But Friday, I'm watching a storm system that could bring with it rain and even snow and possibly accumulating snow to parts of the area with a high temperature Friday of just 39 degrees. Friday night, down to 22 degrees. Now, Saturday and Sunday also look very cold. Highs right around 39, 40 degrees. And then come early next week, I'm also watching another even stronger, colder air mass move to the south. With temperatures, nighttime temperatures, I should say, down into the teens. With also some more snow chances. So this could be uh, another November to remember and... uh, Hopefully everybody's a bit more prepared for this, you know, as we were uh, last year, uh, it was about the middle of November last year, I think we got, what, eight, nine inches there, and people were stranded for eight, nine, ten hours, so uh, we, we kind of want to avoid that, and uh, so, you know, I'm looking at some chances out there, and, and the possibilities are on the table, so stay tuned, Monday through Thursday, sunny, beautiful. Friday, not so much. All right, Tony from LVWA here. Thank you, and have a great day. So, when, like, if a guy like Tyler comes in, he's like, "Yo, I, you know, I love," and I'm, I'm not saying him. It, okay, if a guy comes in, okay. I just don't want to be like, because Tyler's not. But if he comes in, he's like, "Hey, I like marijuana. I, I, I get a benefit from it. 
Um, I know this because I smoke it. I've gone through the proper channels. I have my license. So he's there as a patient. You know, how do you talk to them about you might not be getting as high as you were before, but you're going to feel better? Like, is there a thing So that's there? the thing is the products we have can get you as high as you have before. And not quite honestly. Well, they're medicinal grade. Medi- it's got to be. Right, yeah. They are. So that's the thing is what we're counseling is how do you use this product? Responsible. Right. Yeah. He's microdosing this. And if you are using it at night and you're using it at home and you take an extra dose, it's a little bit like imbibing with alcohol. Right. So if that's helping you distract, we want to have this honest conversation. Sure. Right. Yeah. If I'm advising you and we ha- I have, let me know what your end goal is. Well, let's have this open conversation. Are you comfortable with the THC effect? Have you gotten high before? Do you know what it feels like? Do you want to avoid that? And I can tell you right now, a sure. lot of my patients want to avoid it. And it's that's what we're here for. Right. Yeah. Like if you're, if somebody comes in, like, I want to listen to uh, Pink Floyd cooler, you're like, you're not probably in the right. <laughs> well, it's like, I, I want to get rid of my pain and I also don't want to be high all day at work. Yeah. Right. Right. So that it's, it's counseling functionality. It's, it's trying to change the conversation between getting high and using this as a substance. But that's also to say like, I don't want to spurn the community that had the grassroots community that does enjoy this substance for recreational purposes, for sure. de-stressing purposes. And I'm not, I'm not the gatekeeper of, to tell you that you're not using it medicinally. Right. But I'm here to advise you on how to use it responsibly. Well, I think you're like, how hey, to use it functionally. We've done some research. Would you like to see it? Right. <laughs> kind and, of thing. And I let, so I let patients really make the decision for themselves. I want to make sure that they always have choice. They can choose the medications they want. Um, but I do advise them when they're using a high THC product to microdose with mm-hmm. it so that you get the full uh, benefit of it and not an overwhelming THC response, which is not functional for many people. <laughs> And then some people have tolerances. So that's yeah, what yeah. I was going to do. Right. Do people build? Can you build yes. up? All right. Yes. And then what? Like so, that's something that will curate a particular regimen for patients over time. And I often tell patients to identify a family of strains that they can cycle through, and a family of different products that they can cycle through, because that'll really offset some of the tolerance building through months of. Treatment. Is the tolerance when you build up tolerance? Is it? Uh, like ner- is it in your brain? Like, or is it like your actual body building up a tolerance? Like, so you have an endocannabinoid system, right? You have like a receptor system that, when you take in cannabinoid, that's a- attaching to those receptors and initiating a response, yeah. right? So it's up and down regulating your steady state, right? That flight, that flight or flight for your sim- your sympathetic nervous system, and then other systems that really help your body, like, um, regulate your systems, right? So that's how that's working. So what happens over time is you desensitize those receptors and that's uh, how you build tolerance. It's not like unlike any other other tolerance building in other drugs, right, right. Uh, drug substances. Right. Um, but that's something that there are actual ways to, to um, like tolerance breaks or potentially go on a, a low dose and then uh, you can kind of reset your receptors a little bit. So that's something that we're conscious of. It really doesn't kick in. It kicks in with longer term yeah. uh, users. Have you found, like, do you find people who don't like marijuana at yeah. all? And they're like, but it's, you know it's good what? for them. So, like, so a lot of our patients are over 60, right? And, sure. and they have, so it, when you look at any one of the 21 conditions, they're chronic care management cases. Right. So a lot of the patients that we're getting, and especially in the early on in the program, are patients who have tried other things and that it has not worked. Right. So they're willing to try it, even mm-hmm. though they still look at it as an illegal substance or as something <laughs> that they shouldn't be using. Yeah. And that's part of what well, we're trying. Forever. Yeah. And that's part of what we're trying to combat with education. Right. Is we educate the patients, we educate our staff and we educate the community. How do they get to your door? 
Is so, it a doctor? Yeah, was, yeah. so you have to register online. You find a physician who's also registered online for the cannabis program. All you could find all that information on right the Department the of Health's yeah. yeah, Department of Health's website. Yeah. Uh, and then when they registered, they go to the doctor. The doctor evaluates them for medical marijuana. That doctor fills out an online certification. The online certification is submitted to the Department of Health. Yeah. You pay $50. As the patient, you pay $50 for the card. The card comes in the mail. It's the same picture that would be on your driver's license. And then you come at that point when you have the card, you could come to a dispensary. We do, when you come to our dispensary, we require an initial consult with the pharmacist. And that initial consult is going to cover a lot of what we were just talking and about. You have a pharmacist on we have, staff. We always have a pharmacist on staff. We're required to. Have you ever family. had a situation where a doctor, somebody went to see a doctor, had no interest in medical marijuana, and the doctor said, You look like you could be a candidate for this being. It's happening more and more, but no, usually it's patient driven. Okay. So, but that's happening more as, pa- as doctors see uh, the success that their patients are having with cannabis. Yeah. So that's and that's that's a big mark of success. Um, so when you say it's happening more and more, what has what you obviously if people are listening to this right, um, they'll hear you and they can obviously tell through how you're speaking that you're not some dude in the back of a, <laughs> a like a Honda like I don't know man here's a bag right this so great. do you yeah. feel that there's still that stigma right area even when I was in Portland. Um, walking around, and this is totally legal, and you walk by those stores, and you're like, "Oh man, I shouldn't look at that." Like you still, you still have that because it's yeah. just been ingrained. Until- how is and how do you how do you how are you ba- battling with that? So that's part of education. I, yeah. I think that that's a huge part is just educating people, ha- changing the language as you see me doing now, right? Having this conversation, yeah. speak about. It's not that we're not going to talk about these things; we're not going to ignore them, but it's just changing the language and how we speak about it. Let's use the that adult words. Things going to bring it into. Uh, into the public light. And just to put it in perspective, we're still really early on, mm-hmm. right? We're maybe a, a, a 200,000 patients in the state and we're predict we were initially oh, predicted. Wow. Yeah. And there's 13 and a half, thir- 14 million people here in Pennsylvania. So you're not that many, right? right. You're about 1%, maybe a little less than 1% of this total state population. Mm-hmm. What we suspect is about 5% is going to actually become a patient under the medical marijuana program based on the conditions. Um, anxiety can that's with anxiety like before it was about 2.5 percent so you're you're not talking about that many people um, yeah isn't it amazing like if you looked and you asked any person in america like hey did you like and they came here right now and you're like hey alcohol is legal marijuana isn't mm-hmm. like isn't that a mind-blowing like alcohol in my opinion this is totally just me talking but like alcohol is so much worse then yeah, then, I mean, I mean, I'm not, you know, it's you can have fun without have a good time, but in terms of like that's legal, and we're and there's people who are well, like fighting against marijuana. Health it just risks, blows my mind. Yeah, like it's the alcohol presents thing. a bunch of health risks. Like every time you go to a doctor, they ask you how many drinks you're yeah. having. You know, I, um, I mean, because you're talking about perception, and just to me, like because you see stuff online whenever anybody posts about it, they're like, that's bad. It's like, but drinking is just no big deal. Like it's just a normal thing. And you're actually talking about something that has scientifically proven health uh, benefits. Yeah, but there's, I guarantee you, there's nobody, and I'll, I'll, I'll send this challenge out to the world. Okay. If there's anybody that could talk, <laughs> defend alcohol with big words, like he defended medical marijuana, yeah, just, it, it can't happen. I'm sure there's some anecdotal oh, you science can, journals that are like, if you drink red wine, whatever, but at the end of the yeah, day. Yeah, like here, scary. if you need to drink, drink this. It's better than this. <laughs> I, I think the difference is, you know, 
can alcohol have like limited medicinal benefit? Yes, but it's not really used as a medicine. Right. I think cannabis is a bit unique where you can use it as a medicine. Or and you, you can, can use have, a recreation. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe right? that's what, yeah. So if you want to compare it to alcohol, that's a recreational conversation, which, okay, is, okay, fine, right, right, right. which is fine. But like, there's a whole different arena when you're talking about it medically. Right? Yeah. And that's what I'm more talking about is really curating. Well, then let's switch it to like, okay, somebody who's like, we've been pumped full of all of these um, I could, prescription drugs. you know, and, and those are the ones that usually when you're going in, that would be at least hopefully not as much now, but the, that prescription opioid would be the first, tr- the first course compared to something that might not get you addicted to, you know, something of that nature. So and that's like that's a real that's a conversation and it's a real medical conversation that we have with physicians and hospital systems every week, right? Yeah. So opiate reduction actually Pennsylvania was the first state to allow opiate dependence therapy, or so if you were opiate dependent, that would actually certify you for medical marijuana. Mm-hmm. So we've actually seen a 30% reduction in opiate uh, intake from our patients. Our chronic pain patients have been able to cut down their opiate intake and have the same alleviation of symptom, which is huge. Yeah, so that, like that's, that's, that's been a huge platform for us is opiate reduction. We've been able to talk about the opiate epidemic. We want, and it, it's medical marijuana is a tool in the tool bag to fight that. Right. Yeah. So it really is. And, and what happens in, and not really to get too much into it, but our pharmacists do give presentations on this to physicians and hospital systems, because I believe that's where the best information can be given is there's an opiate tapering effect. So essentially what that means is if you are in true chronic pain, I'm talking rods and screws in your spine. Right or potentially, then you need right more potentially paraplegic. There, that's the conversation. Is one is maybe never needing to go on opiates. You can control your pain through other methods. Uh, Potentially, medical marijuana is one of those methods. Or two, you're you're on such a chronic pain that you're always going to be on opiates. Right. That that is two categories, and Mm -hmm. we have patients in those categories. So when we talk about the patients who may always be on it. We taper them down and they're able to hold a dose so they don't escalate it. So when you build tolerance with opiates, that's when you start risking the overdose. Oh, then you do it like mm-hmm. Right? But the reason why, marijuana, you hear it all the time, but it's the safety profile of medical marijuana that is making it so versatile. And so it's not just a, a pain alleviator. It's an anti-inflammatory and it's a mood modulator. Right? So there's a secondary effects. It's a broad spectrum of effect that has a wide medicinal uh, a range. But it also it has a very big safety profile. And you hear that a lot. And what you hear is nobody's ever died from, meta- uh, from marijuana, right? But it's true. And the reason why is it doesn't, not, it doesn't affect your respiratory function, right? So a lot of the times when you're overdosed on a substance, it's repressing your respiratory function and then you stop breathing. Mm-hmm. So that's what happens with opiates. M- marijuana does not actually affect, or cannabis is really the proper term, but we're supposed to use marijuana here in Pennsylvania. But it does not affect that part of the brain. That's why it makes it so safe, and there is no overdose risk. Uh, why so are we so pa- scared of plants? Like, why are your medical professionals? I mean, I'm not well, saying everybody. I'll always but. be scared of poison ivy. That's <laughs> well, don't. You know, I'm not allergic. Ever. I'm immune to poison ivy. Then you are a freak person, Isn't that weird? and you should leave the like, country. Like, I literally, I've never had it. I've had it on me. We'll do a test get one day. <laughs> pain management. I believe with, you. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> pain management with marijuana. <laughs> difference i guess okay what when you use when you do pain management whether you're taking tylenol whatever that is your brain right that's is that receptors receptors in the brain you're not actually like 
taking pain from the thing. You're telling your brain to stop feeling that. So that's not my area of expertise, but essentially those work as anti-inflammatories. Okay. So it's reducing inflammation at the site of pain, which is reducing your your perception of that. Okay. Pain. Yeah, yeah. All right. Right? Yeah. So yeah, I, 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 he looks at me like, I mean, yes. <laughs> but, that, that, but no, yeah, an anti-inflammatory. That's just breaking down the word anti-inflammatory. Yeah, well, yeah. No, like you take but, it you take it for arthritis because it takes but away opiates, the stuff opioids, going on. They don't, they're not anti They're, no, they're, they're doing... not anti-inflammatories. They're pain alleviators. And they, so cannabis or marijuana can act as... Well, it does right, more. It does both. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It does both. So it's anti-inflammatory... And it's a pain relief. Yeah. See, okay. t- you just had a ding moment. Ding, yeah, ding. Well, we know you're a busy guy, so and we've hit 30 minutes. So we want... I just have one question. <laughs> okay, I just have okay, one question. <laughs> okay, so this is a very new thing in the country and Pennsylvania, but where where do you see it yeah, going? Okay. Sure. To the, like, so, you you, you know, you, you go to a doctor. Like, where are we in doctor. five years, do you yeah, think? Yeah, d- like, are we getting... Are, are doctors... Not writing scripts for. Is Tyler going to be able to open up Tyler's so, Emporium of? No, no, no. But even when I go to like when you go to the pharmacy at Wegmans, is there going to be? Sure, okay. uh, I see what you're saying. So uh, that's the question, and that's going to be determined in the next five years. And then there's a lot of questions to answer: Is how is it going to be regulated? Are, are they going to let the states regulate themselves? Is it going to be a federal program? I mean, this all stems on how it's descheduled. Uh, so right now it's scheduled as a D one A, and that's federal. As a federal, like so, right? So it has to be descheduled. So technically, right federally. now the federal government could go to their place and arrest them. They're not going to, but they right. could. Right, and which they, is weird. But right, right. there was an. an there's, I would, yeah, it's, yeah, there's a, it's there's just a an pull, odd thing. There are protections against that, but they actually been repealed. But they are not coming. As long as no, you're no in, fe- the federal government's not going, and it'd be right. such bad. Press. As long as you're in state, that's what. Where I think I see it going is that they're for at least for a little while they're going to leave it in state hands. And then there is if it goes the medical route, it has to go through the FDA, right? Mm. So there's a huge that I call it a hiccup, but I mean it's a needed hiccup if you're going to really bring this in as a pharmaceutical, which I have mixed feelings about. Uh, I think it has benefits as a wellness substance. It could get mur- it's murky and, waters. Yeah. It, so I think what's going to happen is uh, potential uh, components of the plant are going to be isolated, right? Uh, isolated and potentially recombined, and that may be its pharmaceutical future then there's going to be a wellness sector where you're just using this substance as uh, as olive oil as uh, apple cider vinegar but a lot more effective i, mm-hmm. I mean i'm yeah, that'll, that'll mess right. up your thanksgiving right. yeah like i use the thc yeah. oil instead <laughs> sorry it's a, it's a poor example but like <laughs> I know, as, as a nutraceutical as, as right. a wellness substance as, as a as self as self-medicating right instead of using it as a prescription cream. a non-prescription yeah. which essentially it is now um and then there's also the recreational side right using it as alcohol using it as a social substance so there's three different futures for it um, and I'm not sure how well, it, some of those could combine. Couldn't yes, they? it can. Yeah. So I think it's going to come down to how it breaks out, how it's descheduled, how it breaks out nationally, um, the powers that are in the industry now, how it's regulated. Uh, I do have a feeling it's going to be regulated like alcohol with uh, a, a three level uh, distribution system. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's unknown, but we're on the cusp of it right yeah, now. Yeah, and it seems silly because, like you said, you can go to Colorado, you can go to anywhere that it's legal now, and getting them back. I'm not saying do this, whatever. I'm just saying, like, over years and years, it's just going to be silly. Because yeah. you can, you've seen them, they're all over. Like, you might as well, the government well, might as but, well take some control. You know, you get scared because, unfortunately, like, I mean, it's black. It's gotta health, be- the healthcare world, you know, with the, it's money driven at, at a certain, like, so it's weird for me to foresee, like, pharmaceutical reps for weed. 
It's just a dip because you're I looking at it we yeah, you're looking yeah. at it like I think I don't know. I mean when you when you talk about it and you're right, when you're using different terminology for it and we're talking about it like seriously. Right. And then you can see you can see that. Like, okay, we're distributing a drug that we know has like benefits. You know, it's just like a, a the, change. A little bit. The problem there is that already exists, right? Marinol, drabinol is is lab grown THC or mm-hmm. purified THC. We've seen patients who have been prescribed that it is not as good as the product that we have. Huh. Okay, because there's a theory of whole plant. It's called okay. entourage effect, and it's the plant in its most natural form, and trying to mimic that in any type of extraction is giving you more medicinal benefit because all these these. Uh, chemicals are working together to give you a better overall effect right so it's whole plant health uh whole plant uh medicine uh and it's it, it's a lot different than just having one part of that plant so yeah that's the problem pharmaceutically is that it can you really patent a plant you can pla- platinum uh patent a molecule yeah right? <laughs> but you can't patent a plant so i don't know how it's going to work out yeah that is our the next journey and then there's also a whole host of other cannabinoids yeah. that have medicinal benefit on their own right there's cbn cbg cbc besides we are only talking about so we're, we're literally and cbd and terpenes and terpenes yeah. are are particular subsets that give you strain identity so when you see like here sour diesel and og kush okay. that's a terpene profile that is giving either an uplifting energetic effect or a relaxing sedating effect uh-huh. right yeah so there's a myriad of ways so it's like what's sativa and you. indica that's, that's strain the sativa is the uplifting yeah indica is the more sedating yeah. and that's well, based on terpene profile just, just I'm gonna go. Sort of interesting stuff. You know, I don't usually do this. I'm gonna go back and listen to this podcast, like from the beginning. Just I'm gonna have to look up. I'm like, you ever read a uh, like a book and like you get to a word and you have yeah. to circle it? And I'm gonna have to listen to this, pause it, replay the word, look up the word. Well, yeah, just, you know, we can back. make, but we can make that even easier. So you could re-listen to it, or um, all, all this information, and I'm sure a ton more on November 13th is going to be taking place at the Lehigh Valley's first medical marijuana conference, which KCR is sponsoring or a part of. And you're going to be on the panel there. Yes. And there's a lot of other, we're going to put the link. It's to November 13th, 530 to 830 at Penn State Lehigh Valley in Center Valley. And basically all the stuff that we just talked about with Victor and then with at least, you know, three or four more other panelists will be discussing all of that stuff, answering questions. Um, and it's, and it's free? Yes. Yeah, it's free. So just, you got to register. We're going to put the link in the um, the podcast notes. But register November 13th, so do it now. And I think, you and, know what, I think... And get in there and check it out. I know, because, I mean, my I have family members, like older family members that I, I, I hear them talk about. They're they're very anti the uh, the legalization of marijuana. Sure. You know, yeah. and I, it's a I, long I think time those are the people, if you're out there and you're somebody dead set against this, Maybe this event is perfect for you. Well, how can you look at like a grandma who's having neuropathy pain in her feet and, you know, maybe she doesn't like taking opioids and it's not help. Like, how can you say, you know what? We just, we don't want you to use that, that, uh, that silly weed, you know, like that kind of thinking is something that we need to move on. And maybe this will, this was, it would be a perfect event, right? For somebody. So those are the patients that we specialize in. Our patients who may have never considered this or are timid about trying it is we hold your hand and we're going to show you how to use this functionally and responsibly so that you're comfortable with this as a medication. So this event is a a great way to start that. It's going to be a basic education event. It's going to, uh, 
cover multiple aspects of the industry, but in terms of it as a medicine, this event is for beginners and it's really geared towards our patient base, which is potentially a little older uh, or someone who is cannabis naive and has so no even, yeah, idea if, about it. If you're mm-hmm. just kind of interested, just register, come out, you don't have to stay for the whole thing, but like get out there and, and understand and know that there's resources. If you're interested in it, there are people who are going to talk to you. And these are industry leaders. Um, so it'd be a good opportunity. Yeah. So yeah. thank you for coming on. We appreciate Anything it. Else thank that you, you guys want to say? Oh, no, it's, um, we're right around the corner here and yeah. we're just happy to be in the Lehigh Valley. Yeah. You guys have been, and I, I mean, I've been there a I, lot and we couldn't be happy. I met with, <laughs> I met with Victor a couple of times, so I've been down there and it's like, I didn't know what to expect when you go into a dispensary. You're like, Oh, this stuff's all on the walls, but no, it's a medical facility. I mean, it's nicer than a regular a doctor's <laughs> office, but no, it's definitely, it has those safeguards. Like you would assume with any facility where you're doing things, you know, through the state, like it's, it's a beautiful facility and it's well done. So yeah, you guys are kicking some butt. Thank you. All right. Yeah. Go Good. check it out. November 13th. All right. Thank you. Bye.